0: Armed American Radio.
1: If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends, because I'm not giving them anything.
2: From the Car Firearms Group Studio.
1: Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X Insurance.
0: X Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. Walter.
1: Walter. Okay, guys, buckle in. Welcome inside Armed American Radio's Car Firearms Group Studios. The Lead Slingers mic lit up for you today. All of it presented by X Insurance as we bust out on hundreds of. Hundreds of radio stations across the country today live. It is six minutes after the hour, and I'm going to warn you, this three hours is going to move. You're not going to want to miss one word of it. This is a broadcast, honestly, that I personally, as the host of Armed American Radio, have been waiting to bring to you since 2010, frankly. We're looking at 12 years in the makings. What an incredible historic Week. This is not a show about abortion. We will not be talking about Dobbs other than the context of freedom, maybe in the third hour, that being the abortion case, because there are some parallels relative to the Constitution and rights. That's far that's the extent you'll get from me on that. However, I want to start the program today reading from the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin case, the decision that came out on Thursday that we have been waiting for, well, since October of last year and thomas did write the decision he wrote for the majority the constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second-class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other bill of rights guarantees mcdonald the exercise and this is very important please pay attention the exercise of other constitutional rights does not require individuals to demonstrate to government officers Some special need the second amendment right to carry arms in public for self-defense is no different. New York's proper cause requirement violates the 14th amendment by preventing law abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their right to keep and bear arms in public. I have read the entire decision multiple times word for word, including the concurring opinions from Alito Kavanaugh, and coney barrett in addition to that the dissent let's go straight to alan gottlieb founder of the second amendment foundation who is going to stay with us for the hour today and we're going to dig into the weeds here about everything we've talked about we thought might occur in this case alan gottlieb welcome to the show my friend
2: great to be with you on such a historic occasion
1: it is historic. Alan, i I, I got to be honest with you. This was one of the most difficult show prep days I've ever done and one of the easiest show prep days I've ever done, <laughs> really because of the reading of the case and taking down some notes. And I've got some questions for you that will probably go a different direction than some of the other follow-ups that I have for you. Before we even get started, I have to ask you, Alan Gottlieb, how do you personally feel about Thursday's huge New York case win. When you read the decision, what went through Alan's mind?
2: Well, first off, to be a little flippant, I'm a little exhausted and a little tired. You're the 45th sure. meeting we have ever had in four days. I'm <laughs> so sure it it's been is. it has been a very brutal last four days, but a very happy, great four days. Well, you know, as I've said on your show before, that, you know, we knew we were going to win. The question was how big we were going to win. Well, I think we won just a hair bigger than I ever conceived we would win, Uh, and that's being because I thought the court would come down, hopefully, with uh, standard of reviews, and they basically threw out standard of reviews and threw it on its nose because, quite frankly, the old two-step approach uh, that was being used by the courts, that one, you had to show your rights were violated – and then two, you had, to, you had to balance it with the government interest and in shi- decide a standard to review, the court basically, Thomas basically said that's one step too far, and you only need the first step. It's a constitutional right, it means what it says, and we're only going to rely now on the text and the history of the Second Amendment. And based on that, it stands the other side uh, you know, up against the wall, so to speak, uh, and, and backs them down to everything they were doing to try and, Make our rights next impossible to win in court, and so uh, I'm really ecstatic about it. It's going to create a lot more work for us. Let me explain, uh,
1: if I can. Do I have a few minutes here still? Alan, you have the hour, sir. Take it. The mic is yours.
2: Okay. Well, I've already we're working with uh, three law firms and six attorneys right now at the Second Amendment Foundation to go over three 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 distinct ways of dealing with this. One, cases in the past that we got ruled against because they wouldn't give us the level of scrutiny that we needed. All those cases can now come back in the federal courts. So like Ed, as an example for your, your listeners, California, we lost a case known as Pena over the handgun roster in California. Well, that comes back on the table now, and we're going to win it. Uh, you know, we have in California going on right now, uh, we won the case against the 18 to 20 year old and not being able to buy semi-automatic firearms. Uh, it, you know, we won at the appeals court level. It's now going in Bonk, probably. Well, now they have a problem in Bonk because now they're going to have to come back and, and, and hold our victory. As an example, so one we're looking at first of all cases that we it happened in the past that we didn't win on that we should have won on, so we can refile those immediately. Then we're looking at cases currently in the courts, you know, like that so-called uh, 18 to 20 20-year-old in California, not being allowed to own semi automatic firearms nearby them and challenging that in court and winning. It also stands up one in Washington State that's been held while they decide if they're going to hear the California one and bonk. Uh, it's going to impact that one as well in court. We have currently, as an example in, in Washington State, the, the recent magazine ban um, that's going to be going into effect in July, and we've sued on that. Uh, the Attorney General in Washington State, who's not a friend of ours by any stretch of the imagination, has been very... Uh, uh, out there screaming about how every time he takes on the gun lobby, he wins, he's going to win this one just as well, you know, and and, and 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 take away our rights. Well, this week now after the decision, he's now had to back up and say, well, now we have some problems, and, you know, on, on, on holding on to that, assault, that magazine ban in Washington State um, because we can't argue things like, oh, you know, there's crime in the streets and, oh, somebody might use, a, a, you know, uh, uh, more than a 10-round magazine to commit a crime with it, and therefore we have to ban those. That can't come in the equation anymore, because as Thomas Ruley really basically says, those things don't matter anymore. Uh, all that matters is two things: text and history of the amendment of the Second Amendment, and you can't bring in all these other extraneous things and make these arguments and, and try to get a lower standard of review or, or a compelling interest saying that, "Hey, I have a reason why I want to take away thick Amendment rights, and it's a good enough reason to do it. That doesn't hold anymore. So these are really big victories. Then we're also taking a look and future things we haven't brought yet that now come on the table that didn't come on before. You know, as an example, one of those possibilities might be Chicago's ban on being able to have a firearm for your self protection on you know on on, on the tra- on transit in the city of Chicago. Uh, you know, where they've gotten away with that in the past, they may not be able to get away with that anymore because it's going to be hard to argue that the whole transit system in the city of Chicago is a sensitive place, especially since many people who have to leave their guns at home and can't take their guns with them have become victims of crime. You know, or, you know, you know, riding the L in downtown Chicago or taking tra- transit in the, in the city. So it's going to open up a whole lot more cases for us that we couldn't have brought before. We're static, but it's going to create a lot more work for us and a lot more staffing, a lot more attorneys, and we're going to be on the on the attack. And I love to be on the attack.
1: Oh boy! I, I, what a flip in just forty-eight hours, Alan! What a flip! Now I've got a, obviously I have a lot of questions for you. And I'm going to go ahead and take off with what you were just talking about, some of these other cases, which happens to be one of my other questions. Will a case, for example, uh, and let's go to Young in Hawaii, which is not one of our cases, but let's go to that case where Young has not been able to get a concealed carry permit in Hawaii, and no one has. And this case has been lingering now, if I'm not mistaken, for just under a decade, right, about nine years. What happens in a case like that? Is it going to go back because of the Supreme Court ruling? Is Hawaii going to have to go back in the lower court and relook at this case as it's brand new? How does that work?
2: Well, in some ways, it is our case. With the Second Amendment Foundation did file a very heavy amicus brief uh, in support of Young. Right. And right. we've been arguing on his behalf, so while we didn't bring the case directly, we've been clearly involved in it. Uh, and and, and, and uh, it's, it's going to depend on a couple of things. Let me say it this way. Uh, New Jersey has a sort of similar kind of crazy law with, you know, you have to have a special need to get a permit. The Attorney General of New Jersey just issued a ruling. Uh, to all, uh, ruling and, and sent it out to every law enforcement agency who issues permits in the state of New Jersey saying that the good cause requirement is, is null and void it's no longer there they can no longer give the piece of paper to the people who apply to have them write out why they have a special need to own a handgun or, or to carry a firearm that 's no longer part of the of the system in New Jersey. so New Jersey has already just rolled over on that and said we don 't want to litigate anymore we know we're going to lose you know uh, the good cause is gone well now in, in Hawaii as an example they may do the same thing they made it said look it's not worth litigating anymore we now know for sure the writing is on the wall we're going to lose we'll do what new jersey went and did and then again they might not
1: okay we've got the ladies and gentlemen we're going to be up against hard breaks throughout the day today for the next three hours i apologize we're going to try to get as much in as we possibly can when we come back i'm going to let alan finish his thought on that and i've got a whole slew of questions for him that i know you want the answers to we'll be right back As host of this program, I am proud, very proud, to welcome Daniel Defense to our airwaves. Founded in 2001 by President and CEO Marty Daniel. Daniel Defense is now the world's leading manufacturer of the finest AR 15 style rifles, AR style pistols, bolt action rifles, and accessories for civilian, law enforcement, and military customers. Daniel Defense is a family owned and privately held firearms manufacturer in Black Creek, Georgia, not far from these AAR studios. 20 years of manufacturing freedom has evolved into one of the most respected and recognizable firearms world has ever seen all daniel defense products carry a lifetime warranty and the daniel defense name remains unmatched in quality precision and world-class customer service to learn more visit danieldefense.com that's danieldefense.com Hey, guys, it's Mark. And, you know, from listening to the program, you're very well aware that our partner, GunBroker.com, is celebrating over 20 years in business. But what you didn't know is there are now over 6 million registered users. 6 million registered users. Think about that for a second. And it gets better because those 6 million registered users can view over 1 million items listed every single day. 1 million items every single day. I promise that what you can't find on your store shelves, you can find at GunBroker.com. And you will. It's real simple to register. Visit GunBroker.com today to get started. It's 100% free. Always will be.
3: It's well known that we live in a world where even good police officers can become targets for frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom liability insurance for police officers to eliminate your exposure, to help prevent you from becoming a target, and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And, if lawsuits do arise, we aggressively fight them. We do this in part by encouraging our law enforcement clients to take the X-Insurance See It, Say Something pledge. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions, so call us today, or have your insurance agent call us, and we can work with them to fill any gaps in your existing insurance policy. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. At X-Insurance, we believe in good police officers, and we believe in protecting good police officers. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com.
1: Hey, guys, this hour of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. In its entirety, makers of the best AR M4 platform rifles and AR pistols on Earth. Visit DanielDefense.com for more info. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back to the show indeed. I am picking up my new Daniel Defense rifle, my second one, tomorrow, by the way. Support them at DanielDefense.com. Ta-da! Thank you for that, Greg. Appreciate it. Uh, Support them and support all of our partners. Mark Walters with you in the car firearms group studios on the lead slingers. Mike lit up for you, filling your prescription for freedom on hundreds of radio stations. All of it presented by X insurance. We are talking to the one and only the great Mr. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, about this absolute historic victory in the Supreme Court relative to our right to keep and bear arms. Alan, welcome back in, my friend. I've, I've, as you can imagine, I'm getting a lot of questions from people in the chat. I will get to some of those as fast as I can. I would like you to finish your thought. I know we were cut off by the hard break, and then I've got, I have got want to uh, ask a couple questions in response to some of what we've already heard in the previous segment. Sir, go right ahead, please.
2: Oh, My pleasure, Mark. You know, I was referencing the fact that we've got uh, – Three law firms and six attorneys already working on where to go from here, looking at the past ones that we didn't win that cannot be refiled, looking at the current ones that are there, and looking at other ones that we can bring. It's also a fourth part of that as well. We have to anticipate that our opponents are going to pass a slew of new laws to try and get around the Supreme Court ruling, and we're already working on those as well. In fact, in that area, I'm hoping we already have a suit filed against New York City's, you know, uh, ridiculous carry law. They have their own one aside from the states. And I'm hoping that early next week, maybe as early as tomorrow, uh, we're going to be asking for a, a preliminary injunction barring New York City from being into. into, into enforcing their law uh, so we're, we're, we're moving ahead as quickly as we can on all these things uh, and again I, I want to point out that what we're, we're so excited at the Second Amendment Foundation with this is that it was our case McDonald versus Chicago that incorporated the Second Amendment through the 14th Amendment making it applicable to all the states which allowed this New York case to go forward to win at the U.S. Supreme Court and also is allowing all the continuing litigation that we're following against cities and states that are violating our rights.
1: And, you know, I, I've I lost count how many times Sir Thomas referenced McDonald. Now, did you when looking at the scope of this, that's been a subject here on the program with you for many months as we've been anticipating this opinion. Was the was the scope as broad as you hoped it would be? And I want to ask you to give us details in that if you could. To me, it seemed to be. And what I mean by that is it seemed that Thomas, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, and others, if you read the decision, you will probably understand this question better than those of you who did not. I would highly recommend that you do read the decision. Alan, it seemed to me that Thomas went out of his way to not leave open or to close loopholes that he felt may have been left open by Scalia in the Heller case. Did he do that? If he did, did he accomplish that goal?
2: I can't say that that he did, and I can't say that's what took place. When people talk about loopholes uh, in you know in Heller, and talk about Scalia what he said there. He, Scalia, a lot of people refer to the loophole, and I'm not sure what you're referring to, but they're referring to you know that you can uh, regulate guns in sensitive yes. places. You can keep them out of the hands of felons. I don't think any of that has changed at all uh, in, with regard to this opinion. Uh, but what what's changed here is is that in, in Heller and McDonald, the Supreme Court didn't give the guidance it needed to give to lower courts because they just assumed the lower courts would abide by the ruling as it was and you know and 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 in good faith, which they didn't do. And what could develop was this system of a, a two-step approach for us to be able to have to defend our rights. One, we had to show that they were violated, and two, we we had to show that the government had no interest in you know a, a reason why they should be able to violate the rights. That's all reversed right now. Now all it amounts to is the history and text. Uh, So the way lower courts are going to have to interpret the Second Amendment, it isn't really by a standard of review. We were hoping that they would they would basically come out and say it has to be strict scrutiny uh and, and you know, your rights don't stop at your front door your second the rights right you know are outside your home as well which they did but then give levels of scrutiny to it saying that you know this is a, a, more than a heightened level of scrutiny the government has to have an overwhelming compelling interest they've got to be able to show this this and that to be able to infringe it all well that's not what they did they threw all that second part of the test out and now it's text and history I do expect some anti-gun judges to try and revise history uh, and, and pretend the text doesn't say what it says. The only problem is the Supreme Court now, and this is the third time, has said what the history really is and yes. has said what the text means. So it gets a lot more difficult. Yeah, since you read the whole thing and read the dissent as well, you would have read Breyer's dissent. Which basically started out, which was a joke, and and I'm really glad that uh, Alito uh, answered it, you know, in in, in his concurring opinion. They started talking about, well, but so many people are killed each year by firearms. There's so many suicides that are committed. There's so many of this. We've got to be able to regulate them. None of that counts anymore, because you can't just regulate a constitutionally enumerated right just because somebody may misuse that right. You can go after using that right, but you can't go after the general public.
1: What fascinated me about that was Alito intentionally smacked that argument down, and he did so in great depth as to how none of that is applicable to the constitutional right to bear arms as the quote-unquote exhaustive research that they had done did. It's hard, ladies and gentlemen, unless you've read it, it's hard for me to articulate that, but I'm going to ask you to just bear with me. We're going to be talking about this throughout the week in greater detail, obviously, Oh, Alan, so in that reading, how far back can we now go? Let me let me phrase it this way before I ask you that question. If you were Shannon Watts or Mike Bloomberg or any of the anti-gunners and you read this decision, what would go through your mind?
2: Well, panic because they've lost (laughs) big time. Okay, good. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and I'm sure they're going to go from panic to try and spread the panic to their supporters to, to raise more money to, to try and attack us with. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be doing that. They know they have a big loss. They saw it coming uh, for, for months. Uh, they may not, they, I think they were probably hoping that uh, it would get tempered a bit and that it would only apply to New York's law and maybe only to carry and not go any further on Second Amendment rights in general. And they lost, lost, and lost.
1: All right. Let me let me take that now to the states of California and New Jersey, for example, where, as you previously mentioned, the attorneys general, respectively, in those two states have already immediately removed their.
2: You may have misunderstood me. Only New Jersey has done that. California has not done it yet.
1: Okay, good. Then let's go to New Jersey. Let me stay specifically with New Jersey. They've removed that, but they still have the good moral character clause. We know from past history, as we saw, as you pointed out in Chicago, that they're going to try and end run. I fully anticipate that's going to happen. Do you believe they will now use good moral character, for example, to try to skirt the good cause? And try to make that an issue in in some of these states. We've got thirty seconds before the break. We can go ahead and start. and we'll finish
2: uh, yeah, after no, the break. I, I don't. I don't really think so because good moral character is pretty well sort of defined. That you don't have a criminal record, you're not a mental incompetent. Uh, you know, the, 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 I don't think that's a problem because right now, virtually every shallow issue state has good moral character involved uh, in involving both they issue a permit anyway. I don't think that's going to be a problem. They're going to go around it other ways, and we'll talk about that after the break.
1: Yeah, when we come back from the break, that is exactly what we'll do. We'll get an indication from Alan as to how we expect the other side to go around the issue. Because make no mistake, they will. They can't help themselves. That's what they do. It's in their anti gun DNA. Two more segments with Alan Gottlieb. A lot of questions. We're celebrating here, and we hope you are too. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast continues with Mr. Gottlieb right after this. <laughs> As host of this program, I am proud, very proud, to welcome Daniel Defense to our airwaves. Founded in 2001 by President and CEO Marty Daniel, Daniel Defense is now the world's leading manufacturer of the finest AR-15 style rifles, AR-style pistols, bolt-action rifles, and accessories for civilian, law enforcement, and military customers. Daniel Defense is a family-owned and privately held firearms manufacturer in Black Creek, Georgia, not far from these AAR studios. Twenty years of manufacturing freedom has evolved into one of the most respected and recognizable firearms. The world has ever seen. All Daniel Defense products carry a lifetime warranty, and the Daniel Defense name remains unmatched in quality, precision, and world-class customer service. To learn
4: more, visit DanielDefense.com. That's DanielDefense.com. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun... Remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There is a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday night special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you you don't need something, tell them it's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012.
0: Andy Hoosier, the voice of reason on KQAM, Wichita's Big Talker. And you're tuned into the Armed American Radio Network. Now let's get back to the man himself,
1: Mark Walters. You are tuned in to the Armed American Radio Network. Mark Walters on the mic for you, the Lead Slinger's mic in the Car Firearms Group studios, filling your prescription for freedom today. And I emphasize that word, freedom. All of it presented by X-Insurance. Just another quick quote from the decision as we as the decision closed out, the opinion from Thomas talking about how good cause in violation of the Second and Fourteenth Amendments, et cetera. That is not how the First Amendment works when it comes to unpopular speech or the free exercise of religion. It is not how the Sixth Amendment works when it comes to a defendant's right to confront the witnesses against him. And it is not how the Second Amendment works when it comes to public carry for self-defense. New York's proper cause requirement violates the Fourteenth Amendment in that it prevents law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their right to keep and bear arms. We therefore reverse the judgment of the Court of Appeals and remand the case for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. And I love this when you read an opinion from the court. It is so ordered. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, and ordered it was, sir. Uh, Glad to know you feel really good about this decision after all of these months. I'll turn the mic back over to you, let you finish your thoughts, and then I have some follow-up questions for you, sir.
2: Well, before the break, Mark, we were discussing, you know, what some of our opponents are going to try to do with with, with carry carry right. laws. Um, and uh, while the you know they they can't very much change what they've got there, I think where they're going to go is they're going to a raise fees and they try and make it more cost prohibitive to be able to get a permit to carry, discriminating against the poor and the of course. Uh, and, you know, I, I expect that to happen and. Uh, My my guess is they can get away with it on a limited basis, but they're going to reach a point where they try to get above it and it's pretty prohibitory and the courts are going to strike it down. We're also going to see them probably think doing things like demanding more training uh, and, 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 and trying, again, to say you can't carry and expand what sensitive places are to where sensitive places. For example, New York City is already trying to talk about making whole neighborhoods a sensitive place so right. that you can't carry anywhere in a neighborhood because, quote, unquote, we have a dense population. Those aren't going to work in court either, but I expect them to be doing that. So we're going to have to be responding to significant, you know, Ordinances and laws that they pass, you know, in challenging in court, opening up a whole nother front of of, of lawsuits. But we know they're not going to give up. They're going to keep trying to do whatever they can. California already has 16 new laws written, ready to propose, and the governor said he planned all 16 of them. I don't know what all 16 of them are yet, but I'm sure that most of them um, won't stand stand up to the legal challenge. But this fight isn't going to go away. Our opponents are desperate. Uh, they're crazy, uh, and they can do everything they can to try and, and, and overturn, even to, this, to, even to the extent where they're talking about packing the courts and adding more judges that are anti-gun so they can overrule this. Uh, you know, this, unfortunately, uh, our rights are always going to be under attack. They're never going to go away. But, uh, you know, for your listeners, we're going to fight all the way, and we're going to win these battles.
1: I, I tell you. I, so I get, that leads to another natu- a question that I just had, so it kind of dovetails very well. I took away from this again my opinion, and I may be wrong. I want you to, to to take me to task here if you think I am. But in that reading, it almost seemed to me that Thomas was doing his level best to clear up future cases from even getting relative to the Second Amendment to the Supreme Court to begin with by fixing this in the lower courts. Is is it was he? Do you think he was on that track?
2: Yes, I do. Uh, I I agree with you that he's on that track. It may not be uh, a straight path track. Uh, and there are already cases that are already petitioned to the Supreme Court. you know we've got the case right. State you know, case as an example, attacking so-called assault and ban in the state of Maryland, which by the way, uh, supposedly the Supreme Court is going to uh, grant cert to some petitions tomorrow and so we might be we might get some good news tomorrow and you know and uh, we'll see where that goes. but I think that some of them that are already percolated through the courts still might get to the Supreme Court. Uh, There's no doubt that this gives us more ammunition to use. Uh, pardon the pun against so-called assault weapon bans or type of weapon bans like that uh, some automatic firearms and, and you know and standard capacity magazines that hold over ten rounds. Mm-hmm. So th- th- those things are moving and, and, and they'd be bolstered. But, we, but what's, what could happen here? I think I think a was sent by Thomas in the court. And again, this is a six-three decision. So Roberts is on board with the whole thing. Uh, what what we which, which was my prediction that he would be. Uh, it was what. You know, one one of the things I think we're going to see is that hopefully the message will get to the lower courts. So I'm going to give some examples here. Our, our Ninth Circuit victory at the appeals court level on the 18 to 20-year-olds, being able to buy semi-automatic rifles uh they, the embalm court now may choose just not to hear it and let the quote-unquote appeals courts really stand in our favor and and that takes care of that and if they do that then probably that it totally you know impacts the same similar suit file in washington state that then on hold, waiting to see where the california one goes at the appeals court level so it could take that out of the courts um and uh it could impact the you know, like the Washington State Magazine ban and some of the other magazine bans that are being litigated in the lower courts when now the lower courts say well we, we we're just gonna rule in you know in, in gun rights favor uh and the states will just you know say, "Okay enough's enough because we know what event you're going to lose if they don't some of those could go up the appeals court level um and then you know another the Supreme Court may have to smack them down on it uh right. so, so we're so we're going to see it could impact our ga- our our cert getting granted on our Maryland assault and ban case because the court may decide, well, we're just going to wait and see now if the lower courts will, will fix things, and if they do, then we don't have to hear another gun case for a while. So I don't know how it's going to now impact that. I had really high hopes for that case getting to the court, but the court may feel that we're, we, we've dealt with it for now. Now let the lower courts come back and, quote, unquote, uh, you know fix the problems. So we don't have to you know hear it. So we're going to see. But, but obviously the other side has got to be full, full panic mode.
1: I don't doubt that. And it's interesting you mentioned that about the Fourth Circuit, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the assault weapons ban case out of Maryland that we've talked about with Alan in in the past. Alan, Thomas, on several occasions, mentioned in common use. And using the test that he laid out for the Second Amendment, he made it very clear that what is in common use then, in common use now, etc., clearly 20 million AR-15 owners and rifle owners is common use and i'm going to guess again that thomas may have been setting it up to try to avoid that battle and defer to those lower courts to go back and look at this decision and say we don't want to fight this out anymore but i don't think the other side is going to go away at all i think they're going to continue to fight us so i may I, I don't know i feel kind of optimistic using that reasoning about the fourth circuit case simply because of the type of weapon I, 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 again please yeah. correct me if you think i'm wrong
2: no, I don't think you're wrong, but it could be that the, what the court might do is we choose not to hear the Maryland case, but we're mad to right. back 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 down in light gotcha. of our decision, you know, in New York for them to you know to quote unquote you know put it back in line with what we said, and so therefore we don't need to hear it because you should take care of it down at your end, and if you don't at the lower court, then it, it still could should come back up to us, and so we still have, you know, power. Overuse, so to speak. Uh, yeah. so I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly technically how they will choose to deal with it, uh, but you know, either way, we'd be, we'd be happy. I mean, you know, at, at this point, we have a court ruling that says the Second Amendment means what it says. Uh, and that the text is readable and understandable and we've already ruled what the text means and we know the history of it. And so you can't give us any other arguments at all. You can't give me any, any arguments that to you, a semi-automatic firearm is more dangerous than a non-semi-automatic firearm. You can't to tell us that if it holds more than 10 bullets, it's now not protected by the Second Amendment. I feel pretty good about some of this. But, but again, these fights aren't going to go away. I mean, it, it strengthens our hand in courtrooms. There's no two ways about that. It doesn't mean we're not still going to be litigating lots of cases. My prediction is we'll be litigating more cases.
1: Which is not a bad thing, I think, because it will, it will really clarify. I know it's a lot of work, but it will certainly clarify. And, you know, I, rethinking that when you talk about the assault weapons ban in Maryland being remanded back down to the lower court, I agree because clearly the attorneys will have a heck of a lot to work with relative to the text of this decision, as they fight for it and keep it from going back up to the uh, to the Supreme Court again. When we come back, I've got a question about concurring opinions, and I've had this question asked of me over the past few days, and I was not sure how to answer it, so I will defer it to Mr. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When we come back, what does the concurring opinion mean? How much weight does it hold? Because the left is already referring to Kavanaugh's concurring opinion. We'll get some information and and, and some good information on that and some direction from Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. And then we're going to switch gears and go to the gun control bill to close out the show. We'll be right back. As host of this program, I am proud, very proud, to welcome Daniel Defense to our airwaves. Founded in 2001 by President and CEO Marty Daniel, Daniel Defense is now the world's leading manufacturer of the finest AR-15 style rifles, AR-style pistols, bolt-action rifles, and accessories for civilian, law enforcement, and military customers. Daniel Defense is a family-owned and privately held firearms manufacturer in black. Black Creek, Georgia, not far from these AAR studios, 20 years of manufacturing freedom has evolved into one of the most respected and recognizable firearms the world has ever seen. All Daniel Defense products carry a lifetime warranty, and the Daniel Defense name remains unmatched in quality, precision, and world-class customer service. To learn more, visit DanielDefense.com. That's DanielDefense.com.
3: As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits do arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your insurance agent call us and we can work with them to fill any gaps in your existing policy. But call today and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com.
0: mike gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the desperado sport fish in virginia beach virginia supports armed american radio and the second amendment and i'm right there with them now back to
1: mark walters you know real quick shout out to the crew of the desperado when i heard that rejoin from the great mike gallagher i noticed today that they had posted up on social media that they had picked up a huge blue marlin and picked up a a big citation from the state of Virginia for that catch. It was beautiful. And, of course, they caught it, released it, put it back out there, and let somebody else catch it. Great stuff, and we appreciate them supporting the program all these years. Please make sure to visit all of our partners. I'm going to get back to Mr. Gottlieb. You know where to go to find them all, please. That's armedamericanradio.com. We're in the Car Firearms Group studios with you. We're on the Lead Slingers mic with you today. All of it powered by X Insurance, protecting the firearms industry. They should be protecting you, too. Make sure to check them out at armedamericanradio.com. We did the work for you. Just click on it. It takes you right there where you need to go. Alan Gottlieb, welcome back in. Sir, I, 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 let me ask you a question about Kavanaugh quickly and not specifically about him but about concurring opinions here's what kavanaugh said in his concurring opinion i joined the court's opinion and i write separately to underscore two important points about the limits of the court's decision first the court's decision does not prohibit states from imposing licensing requirements for carrying a handgun for self-defense and he went into some detail about that later down in the text he said second As Heller and McDonald established, and the court today again explains, the Second Amendment is neither a regulatory straitjacket nor a regulatory blank check. Properly interpreted, the Second Amendment allows a variety of gun regulations. Now, I've seen the other side already begin to try to hang their hat on this. And my question for you is, because I've gotten this question from, from others over the last couple of days, what weight does this concurrence have, or does it have any at all, or is it just Kavanaugh's opinion, and what Thomas wrote is the law of the land, period?
2: What Thomas wrote is the law of the land, period, of which Kavanaugh joined that. Yes. So, he, you know, he didn't say he didn't agree with that. He totally did agree with it. What Kavanaugh was doing there was, I think, uh, setting out the fact that our opponents can't say this takes out every every law in the books, or some of our more hardcore people can't say take, it takes out every law in the books. There's certain things that, are, that, that that the government can do in regulating firearms that is not an infringement on the Second Amendment. And an example that he gave was that they can you know, say that you have to have a license to carry, uh, again, now if you made that license too hard to get, too expensive, uh, you, you, do not, you know, you, you make it ridiculous. Uh, that wouldn't stand up. But there are things that they can do, you know. And again, any reference to McDonald and Heller, and, and that goes back to, again what Scalia wrote. You know, you know, you know, violence for people, mental incompetence, etc. You know, can't be neither, denied the right to keep and bear arms. They're not taking any of that away. This didn't change any of that. It also didn't add anything on the plate for our opponents to play with. It just re- basically restated what the current previous decisions said.
1: Perfect. I'll let that stand. Well said. Alan Gottlieb giving us the explanation on that. It was a question I had as well, too, obviously. And then of course we guys, if you haven't read this opinion, I, I beg you to do so and read the concurring opinions. They, it is re- absolutely remarkable and fun. Not just this case, but I've read a number of cases that the court has released during this term, and you should do the same. We also have uh, uh, the possibility of of uh, release of of some uh, certs coming out as Alan mentioned tomorrow. So we're going to follow that intently. Okay, Alan. Did you, overall to close out this portion? You're pleased. Huge victory. Alan Gottlieb is happy. Right.
2: Anytime I can see a frown on President Biden's face or Nancy Pelosi's face or Chuck Schumer's face or Michael Bloomberg's face, I'm going to be smiling.
1: All right. I I figured that was the response. And, uh, hey, Kathy Hockle, up in New York, you lost. It's that simple. Complain all you want you lost eric adams you two and the rest of them new jersey murphy the rest of them you lost guys it's pretty much that simple all right let's move quickly to close out the gun control bill haven't spent a lot of time studying that because i've been looking at this obviously for obvious reasons but this bill was signed by biden yesterday now that it's now that it's law what do you think about it what do you think about the republicans what does it mean are we open to more gun regulation talk to us about it because you and i have touched on it briefly over the last few weeks
2: well, let me address it first by starting off with some of the headlines in the press that it's the most far-reaching gun control bill passed in 30 years. Right. That, okay, that's true because they haven't passed any other ones in 30 years. But is it really far-reaching? Um, not as like the media is claiming and not so much as the, that our side is claiming as well. I mean, there's no gun ban in it. It didn't ban assault weapons. It didn't ban, you know, standard capacity magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. It didn't ban 18 to 20 year olds being able to have them. Are there things in it that are bad? Yes. Are there things in it that we oppose? Yes. But, it, but quite frankly, the only reason they were able to get as many Republican votes on board with it was because it was so tame and so weak in two areas. It's weak to be able to be enforced. It's weak to be able to solve the problems. And it's weak for infringing on gun rights in general. There are parts of it, again, that I'm not going to support. Uh, the, the, it didn't create a new red flag law. Uh, what it did was it provided money to states to, to implement the red flag laws and or other intervention mechanisms or methods that might keep guns out of the hands of people that shouldn't have them. It didn't also, for our side, you know, uh, protect any due process rights whatsoever. Is one of the reasons why you know we're opposing it. It didn't provide legal counsel for people who get their guns taken away so that they could afford to defend their right to get to get their gun back if it was falsely taken. It didn't. Uh, it didn't put penalties in for People who testify falsely against gun owners to get their guns taken away, so they'd be held responsible for for not telling the truth. Uh, there's lots of things in it that are that are a problem. Uh, there's also they created may they may have created some new problems for themselves as well. You know they now have here also they, they before I get to they talked about for uh, an enhanced check for people who are 18 to 20 years old to be able to buy semi-automatic firearms. Uh, but they didn't exactly say what that is, what, what that enhancement is, besides the fact they're allowing a uh, t- ten days to be able to be approved before they're going to release, rather than you know the three that was there. Uh, but they're also didn't they didn't. In- They didn't demand that the states open up the sealed, you know, juvenile records so that they even could get to them to find out if they're there or what they say or if it would be a prohibitor. So like in the case of the Texas shooter that obviously had a domestic violence misdemeanor, it was sealed, so when he went to buy a gun, it didn't come up in the background check and he was able to get the gun. They didn't unseal those either. They're sort of encouraging states to maybe do it, but they didn't demand that it be done. They didn't do anything. So it's a lot of pie in the sky. It doesn't really... It doesn't really say a whole lot. There's an awful lot of parts that are be challenged because it's written kind of vaguely in places. There you go. There's there's going to be a lot of places where it's going to be challenged, not necessarily, uh, you know, for uh, constitutional on its face, but definitely as as it's going to be applied to certain people. Uh, There there are problems with it, we can't support it, obviously. But quite frankly, um, you know, it, it didn't do a whole lot to gun owners in general uh it, it it's gonna touch less than one percent of all gun owners in the country, quite honestly. In some implementation. That's why they were able to get it passed because gun owners didn't rise up so heavily and, and say we don't want this passed. But, hey, it doesn't impact me, uh, or it probably won't impact me. But it's got some bad provisions to it that we will, will be working on to both a clean up uh from a legislative point of view and be the challenge in court. Uh okay. I think it's got some equal protection. I think it got some equal protection problems. The you know, example like a minor who now can't buy a semi automatic firearm gets the right restored in five years. Well, what about for somebody else who's over 21 who has a minor misdemeanor conviction that took their rights away, who's banned for life? Well, how do you right. ban some people for five years and some people for life? So I think there's some legal challenges in the deep process that are going to come up.
1: It sounds like we're going to be in court on this. Alan, I have more questions for you. I've, I've, I've got a couple people in the chat saying, you should have had him on for three hours, and that still wouldn't have been, <laughs> been enough. Gottlieb, I, I promise you I wouldn't. See, guys, I didn't even ask. Okay, he gives us enough of his time every week. Uh, the hour was not enough, but we're going to get more. We'll hear more, and we'll be talking about it throughout the week. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, thank you, sir, for your insight. When you're happy, we're all happy. When we come back... Wow, AWR Hawkins is going to give us his take, and Alexander Rubian from New Jersey is going to give us his take on what's happening in that state. Don't go away. Great program. You don't want to miss a minute of it. We'll be right back.